It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Welcome to the program, everyone. I believe any belief system can and must be rationally analyzed and evaluated. So today, I am evaluating atheism. If we think of the atheistic worldview as a house, let me describe the condition of that house. First, atheism leads to nihilism where nothing has any value. But nihilism is self-defeating. In addition, atheism is culpable for all the millions of deaths in the 20th century committed by atheistic political regimes. Think of these facts as the roof of atheism's house. Thus, that being the case, the roof of the house of atheism is seriously damaged. It is leaking and provides no security from the elements. Second, in the living area, walls are unstable and made of flimsy material. Why? Because I've shown that atheism believes in moral subjectivism slash relativism. That encompasses a number of different beliefs but they all agree there is no universal permanent standard to determine what is moral. That belief applied to itself shows it too is self-defeating. Morality is therefore the situation where our feet are planted firmly in midair with nothing available to hold us up. In his book, Stealing from God, Frank Turek says, Atheism is unlivable. Since most atheists offer no evidence for their claims, then atheism is not factual either. I will later show that atheism is not logically consistent as well. So atheism violates three basic tests for the truth of a worldview. They violate the test of rationality, factuality, and livability. Finally, I want to show that the foundation of the house of atheism is broken and is built on quicksand. Because naturalism is the foundation for atheism, there is an argument called argument from reason that shows that naturalism should be rejected and its denial should be accepted. This argument answers in the affirmative the question, does our very thinking provide evidence that theism is true? 
Though not the originator of the argument for reason, the Christian philosopher, apologist, and author, C.S. Lewis, is widely recognized as the one who gave it impetus. Through the exposition of it in chapter 3 of his book, Miracles, a Preliminary Study, further contributions have been made, first by Victor Reppert, author of C.S. Lewis's Dangerous Idea in Defense of the Argument from Reason, and second by Alvin Plantinga in an article, Evolutionary Argument Against Naturalism. In the first edition of Miracles, Lewis gave an argument from reason based on an argument for accepting theism as opposed to naturalism by the former British Prime Minister Arthur Balfour. But Elizabeth Anscombe criticized that version. Lewis revised his argument in the second edition of his book. Lewis divided those who take sides in the argument from reason into two categories, the naturalist and the supernaturalist. The supernaturalist category is populated by those who hold belief in God. Specifically, they are the ones who believe in a self-existent creator who is the source of all other existent things and who fashions and or designs the universe. Lewis defines the naturalist as those who believe the universe is the product of matter and energy produced by the Big Bang and the physical laws that describe the interactions of that material. Lewis said, By naturalism, we mean the doctrine that only nature, the whole interlocked system, exists. Naturalism, then, is the view that the natural world is all there is. So, therefore, there are no supernatural beings. The naturalistic system includes the laws of physics, the chance happenings of quantum indeterminacy, etc., all occurring entirely by mindless and impersonal forces, and not as the result of supernatural causation. The most popular form of naturalism is materialism or physicalism. Materialism maintains that the basic substances of the physical world are pieces of matter, and physicalism maintains that matter is properly understood by the discipline of physics. According to naturalism, given the raw materials of matter and energy, the universe then runs through the, its processes automatically. The naturalist sees all the complexities of the universe arising in this accidental manner. For example, the stars and the planets resulted from the coalescence of the Big Bang's production of matter. Natural processes on Earth led to chemical reactions, which eventually led to the first life coming from non-life. 
consciousness came about from unconscious matter. <laughs> Along the way, all these changes work their way up through the path of increasing degrees of complexity till a mind appeared and then reason came on the scene in the universe. In an article in True Reason, Lenny Esposito writes, that is the naturalist story of how we came to be and our ability to reason as well. For according to the naturalistic evolution, there is no other possible source or cause behind human reasoning ability. But reason is peculiar in that it doesn't seem to depend on physical traits like the senses or even use them at all. Esposito uses the experience of a mirage in the distance to prove his point. He says, if all I had were my sense perception, I would be caught in a pickle. Should I believe my senses when they tell me water is in a place, or should I believe them when they tell me there is no water here? It is here I use something different than my senses to break the tie. I use reason. Reasoning has an objective quality that stands above sense experience. To reason is to aim at an objective criterion, the truth. The truth about a matter is something that stands apart from the individual, while sense experience is subject to the individual's physiology. Thomas Nagel draws a similar distinction as well. He states, We take ourselves to have the capacity to form true beliefs about the world around us, about timeless domains of logic and mathematics, and about the right thing to do. We don't take these capacities to be infallible, but we think they are often reliable in an objective sense, and that they can give us knowledge. The natural internal stance of human life assumes that there is a real world, that many questions have correct answers, and that there are norms of thought which, if we follow them, will tend to lead us toward the correct answers to those questions. It assumes that to follow those norms is to respond correctly to values or reasons that we apprehend. Mathematics, science, and ethics are built on such norms. The process of reasoning is to have a thought or a belief and to attempt to ascertain whether or not it is true. But because reason relies on an external truth criteria, it poses a problem for the naturalist. In the naturalist story, a universe where physics and chance are supposed to be functioning and reason is nothing more than natural processes in the brain, think of the accidental collision of some synapses, 
Why should we believe that we can discover truth by that type of reason? If you see a chemical reaction in the laboratory, it would not occur to you to think that the reaction is either true or false. It just is. According to the naturalist, my Christian beliefs are just a complex chemical reaction within my brain. So why would the naturalist think them to be false? And the naturalist's beliefs are simply a different chemical reaction. So why would the naturalist think his thoughts are true? In the naturalistic view of things, all higher order development come from small successive steps that benefit the organism. But it is unclear how higher levels of reasoning would develop in this way. For natural selection in evolution doesn't care about truth. It only cares about survival. When C.S. Lewis presented the argument from reason in his revised version of Miracles, he claimed what he called strict materialism could be refuted by a one-sentence argument that he quoted from J.B.S. Haldane. Quotes, If my mental processes are determined wholly by the motions of atoms in my brain, I have no reason to suppose that my beliefs are true, and hence I have no reason for supposing my brain to be composed of Adams. Before continuing with Lewis's argument from reason, allow me to, dis to discuss what Alvin Plantinga had to say. He argued, if you believe that naturalism and evolution are true, then you have a defeater of all your beliefs. That is, something that undermines all your beliefs. Because, if naturalism and evolution are true, then natural selection has selected our beliefs not for truth, but for survivability. It is possible, of course, that our beliefs may be false, but nevertheless conducive to the survival of our species. So on naturalism and evolution, you have a defeater of the reliability of your cognitive faculties in any of your beliefs. Now, the paradox is the naturalist would have a defeater for all his beliefs. In particular, a defeater for his belief in naturalism because belief in naturalism is itself a belief formed by those very same cognitive faculties. Thus, naturalism is self-defeating. It cannot be rationally affirmed. Allow me to point out, this is not an argument that shows naturalism is false. Naturalism may, in fact, be true. But Plantinga's argument shows that naturalism is irrational. It is impossible to rationally believe in naturalism because if naturalism is true, 
You have a defeater for all your beliefs, including your belief in naturalism. Let me interject. The one who believes in God can trust his reason because in that case, reason depends on God and reason flows out of God's nature. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.